Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. To all of our listeners in the good old U.S. of A., I want to welcome you. And to every listener and listening to us from around the world, whatever country you're listening from, we're still honored to have you. Thanks for joining in. Welcome everyone, wherever you are, whenever you are. Welcome here to Marriage and Family Clinic. In Southern Virginia, Northeastern North Carolina, we're coming to you from WGPL 1350 and WPCE 1400 on your AM dial, as well as WBXB 100.1 on your FM dial. You can also listen to the live stream. Simply tune in to www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. That is www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. Every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can listen to the live stream. Tune in every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m., 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And in addition to that, if you would like to hear this or any other broadcast or segment in the Marriage and Family Clinic series, you can find the podcast simply by searching Bishop C.D. Hodges. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Podbean. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges on any of those platforms and you will find Marriage and Family Clinic. Marriage and Family Clinic is, help you to break, is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and your family relationships. I want to deal with you. I want to deal with you, not dealing with someone else through you, but the purpose of this is to deal with you, the listener, help you get yourself together, help you find out what makes you tick, what's pushing you, what's motivating you in your relationships, and you get that together and you can be made better, you can become better for your relationships. Is that all right? Good. And I, and I say that to preface our topic today. Uh, I want to take just a moment and preface our topic. I'm going to deal with something today that I haven't dealt with before. Uh, I don't think I've touched on this before, but I uh, definitely want to touch on it today. I want to deal with the subject of homosexuality. I want to deal with the subject of homosexuality. And for those of you listening, uh, I want you to be warned now. This may turn into one of my mini-series, whether that's one week or two weeks or three weeks or four weeks, six weeks, whatever. It just may turn into a mini-series, but I want to deal with the subject of homosexuality. And now, uh, please stand by. Please stand by because this is not going to be a brow-beating exercise to try and convince anyone of how wrong homosexuality is. I'm not going to stand up here and start calling a lot of scriptures and calling a lot of names and things like that. Uh, so don't set your expectations just yet. Uh, this is not going to be a Bible lesson on how wrong homosexuality is. Although I do believe that the Bible teaches clearly, the Bible teaches clearly that God created a man and a woman. I want to make it plain. I want to make it plain. God created a man and a woman. And any sexual relationships outside of a man and a woman, 
That is not God's will. That's not God's plan. That's not God's purpose. That's not God's best. That's not God's ideal. That's not God. And I don't think I can make that any plainer. And so I'm going to preface this whole presentation with that part right there. But other than that, I don't want you to set any expectations too quickly. And believe me, I'm, I'm not turning away from my faith. I'm not turning my back on my faith. What, what I want to do, I want to help somebody understand how to live their faith in a murky circumstance. Because if you're that mom or you're that dad who's trying to live your faith, who's trying to please God, you believe that you raised your children, you raised your family to, to serve God, to know God, to honor God. But one of your children says to you, I'm a homosexual, whatever the case may be, anything like that. Man, that can be a murky circumstance. And I want to deal with that. I really want to, I really want to, I really would like to reach out to some parent, some sister, some brother who has a family member. I want to reach out to that mom. I want to reach out to that dad who has a son or a daughter whether they're a teenager, whether they're in their youth, or whether they're a young adult. I want to reach out to some mom, some dad who has that son or that daughter who has said, mom and dad, I'm homosexual. I believe I'm homosexual, something like that. I want to reach out to a brother or sister who has another family member or sibling. I want to reach out to you. I want to help you live your faith. I want to give you something that's going to help you negotiate these murky circumstances. Because some of us who haven't been through something like that, like always, we humans, we stand back and we say, well, if it was me, I would just do so-and-so. Well, what you ought to do is just so-and-so. Well, you know what you ought to do. Listen, there are not many people who can tell you what you ought to do if they're not walking in your shoes. And when we go to tell people what they ought to do, one of the only things, one of the very, very few, there are very, very, very few things that we can tell people that they ought to do. And one of those things we can tell people is that you ought to seek the Lord. You ought to seek God's kingdom first. You ought to seek to be right with God first. And you ought to love your fellow man like you love yourself. That, that's just a very few of the alts that we can give to anybody in any circumstance. And I, I believe that's helping somebody already. So I really would like to reach out to some parent who has a family member that they would like to help. Mom or dad, you really want to help your son or your daughter. Sibling, you really want to help your brother or your sister. If you really want to help someone, you have to understand that this practice of disowning family members, this practice of telling sons and daughters, you're no longer my son, you're no longer my daughter, never come to my house again. This practice of feeling all this shame because of your son, your daughter, your family member, none of that helps anyone. 
It doesn't help your son, your daughter. It doesn't help your brother, your sister. It doesn't even help you. It doesn't even help you. Because publicly, 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 you may express all of this disdain. Publicly, you may put on this strong face. Publicly, you may say, I disown you. Publicly, you may say, you're not mine. I'm ashamed. Publicly, you may go through the, 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 the traditional cultural expected rants and raves. You may go through the gyrations that are expected culturally, religiously, and traditionally. You may do that publicly on the outside, but privately in your heart. I know your heart is aching because of the fractured relationship. I know your heart is aching. Inside, I know you're not having an easy time. Inside, I know it's not as easy as you make it look and you make it sound on the outside. And let me tell you something. If you really know God, and that's what not what you're experiencing, I'm, mm, Lord have mercy. I don't mean to sound judgmental, but you really need to ask yourself whether or not you really know God. If you can watch, if you can observe your son, your daughter, your brother, your sister, engage in what you know is not God's will, no matter what that practice is. But if you can watch your son, your daughter, your brother, your sister engage in something, a lifestyle, choice, whatever, that you know is not God's will for them, not God's desire for them, if that does not hurt you, if that does not move you, if that does not bother you, or you're going to have to ask yourself whether or not you really know God. All right. And, and so, so again, I gave you just a few orders. And I don't have very many orders and I don't I have even less shoulds. But I'm going to use one of my very few shoulds right now. When I tell you that you should never call yourself disowning your children or your siblings. Would you take my word for that? Never call yourself disowning them. And, and the one reason why you should never call yourself disowning them is number one, God didn't disown you. God sent his only begotten son for you while you were the worst sinner in the world. That's the first reason. The second reason you should never disown them because when God really does touch their heart and they come home, you're going to have to have the capacity to accept them. You're going to have to have the capacity to receive them when God touches their heart and they come home. And that can't happen if you weren't around here talking about, I'm ashamed of you, I disown you. All right? Now listen, you may not agree with their lifestyle choices. Their choices certainly may not be compatible with yours. And you definitely may not have close fellowship. While they're living that particular lifestyle, you may not have close fellowship. 
But you should not call yourself disowning your family. You should not call yourself disowning your children. Wow. And let, let me help somebody really fast as we get going here. Yeah, this, this is going to turn into a multi-week series, multi-week series. Let me help somebody really fast here. I think some Christians believe that they're going to somehow be charged with denying the faith if they show compassion to their children, their sons or daughters who claim to be homosexual. I think some Christians are concerned of how other Christians are going to view them. All right. Now, I may not, let, let's be honest now, let's be real. I may not be like Magic Johnson, God bless his heart, and I may not celebrate uh, my sons and my daughter's choices. But listen, I'm not going to go overboard shaming them either. I'm not going to be ashamed to announce who my son and my daughter is because they're my son and my daughter. Oh, I wish I hear I wish I had an amen right here. Yeah, so I think I think some Christians believe that they're somehow going to be cast out of the church or they're going to be castigated. And you know what? It's this very well may be a real concern. You can expect religious church folks with the Pharisee spirit to frown on you because you refuse to disown your son or your daughter because they're homosexual. And so your concern may be well-founded. Your concern may be on good basis. But I want to help you here. I want to help you here. You can never miss God by showing compassion. I don't care what the person does. I don't care what the person, what the person has done, what they are doing. I don't care what lifestyle choices they make. I don't care how bad they've jacked it up. I don't care. You can never miss God. If you're a Christian, you can never miss God by showing compassion. You still may, may have to make some difficult calls. You still may have to make some difficult judgments. But you can never miss God by showing compassion. People are going to do what they want to do. People are going to say what they want to say. And no matter what decision you make, somebody's going to talk about you. So you may as well make a godly decision. And compassion is always a godly decision. You know, even the judge, even the judge who has to sentence somebody to death, even the judge who has to sentence somebody to life in prison, that should be done with compassion. Man, that's a soul. That's a life. That's somebody's son. That's somebody's daughter that he's sentencing to life in prison, that he's sentencing to death. So even when you have to make uh, uh, strong judgments, even when you have to make strong calls, you should still do it with compassion. Are you with me here? 
So again, as I deal with the subject of homosexuality, I hope I've helped somebody already. As I deal with the subject of homosexuality, my goal here is to reach out to someone. I want to reach out to somebody who wants to help a family member. I want to reach out to a mama and a daddy who wants to help their son or their daughter. Allow God to do the work, but you want to be a vessel. You want to be a tool. You want to be a tool in God's toolbox that can reach out to a son or a daughter. I want to reach out to you. I want to reach out to you. So what do you do when your son or your daughter, your sister, your brother, they come home and tell you, mom, dad, sis, bro, I'm homosexual. I'm coming out of the closet. That's what I want to deal with. So let's go. Let's deal with this thing now. Let's deal with this thing. And you know, let, let, let's start with where this stuff begins. Let's start with where it begins. You know, uh, uh, oh my goodness. You know, some young men, middle school, high school, whatever. There's some young men out there who are in the locker room after the game or before the game, after ball practice, football, basketball, soccer practice, whatever. They're in the locker room. They're changing. Or it's after the game and after practice, and they're in the locker room. They're showering. They listen to all the other boys talk about their boyfriends. Or they listen to all the other girls. Uh, excuse me. They listen to all the other boys talk about their uh, girlfriends. Yeah. Or, they, or maybe it's a girl in the locker room and she listens to all the girls talk about their boyfriends. But for this one young man, all he can think about is sexual notions of the rest of the boys in the locker room. And he hides that urge. He keeps that urge under suppression. But then he goes to college. He goes to college and somehow or another he strikes up a relationship with another young man. Somehow or another she strikes up a relationship with another young woman and they kind of think and feel the same about their sexuality. They think and feel the same about their sexuality. And they become sexually involved. I mean, they, they start having sexual relations, so forth and so on. But they've been raised Christian. They've been raised Christian. And now they're dealing with the complexity of all of these emotions. They're dealing with the mental dissonance of knowing how they were raised, but having these feelings that are real. Now, it's okay to admit that the feelings are real. What you do with the feelings is another story. That's a scenario. Or, here's a young boy or a young girl. Their parents get divorced while they're really young. They don't grow up with the benefit of a mother and a father. The father rarely visits, doesn't come to see him that often. The mother feels guilty about it. So the mother just, I mean, she just showers all kind of love and affection. I mean, she just smothers the child, the son or the daughter. She just smothers them with all kinds of attention, all kinds of affection. And then the young boy, the young girl, they go to school. Um, and again, one day 
somehow or another, out of the blue, somehow or another, the boy meets up with another boy or the girl meets up with another girl who thinks and feels the same that they do. And they begin to exchange affection. And they, they move over into uh, sexual relations. They begin to exchange affection. Their passions rise. Their passions get heated. And they begin to engage in sexual relations. I'm, I'm trying to paint scenarios here in how these things come about. And the ones, the young man, the young lady who, who engages in this lifestyle, who makes these choices, they immediately go into a mode of hiding. They immediately go into a mode of seclusion. They hide their feelings. Man, can you imagine the mental, the psychological, the emotional turmoil that they're going through? They believe that what they have is real, it's true, it's long-lasting. Man, it's bad enough. It's bad enough when you, you're in heterosexual relationships and you're experiencing puppy love. And, and I, I want to be careful here. I want to be really careful. But now they have to deal with the, not only the, uh, 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 the emotions, but they have to deal with the cultural backlash. They're going to have to deal with that. They're going to have to deal with the family backlash. Before you make up your mind about anything, please, please, please consider the mental, the emotional, the psychological turmoil that your young one must be going through. But for so many moms and dads, the only thing they can think is how it makes them look. Mom and dad are so disgusted, they feel so ashamed because of how this is going to make them look when the situation becomes public. You have a son or a daughter who's going to need you. You have, no matter what their choices are, you have a son or a daughter Who's going to need you. And the larger question is. Christian woman. Christian man. Are you going to be available. For your son and your daughter. That's the larger question. The question of what people are going to think about you. When they see you. What people are going to think about you. When this situation comes in public. What your church members are going to think about you. I tell you what, the two or three who really love you, they're going to show up. Oh, my, 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 my. Mom and dad, I'm promising you something. The two or three who really love you, oh, they're going to show up. And they're going to be there for you. Just like God desires for you to be there for your son and your daughter. Or your daughter. Because these situations, man, these situations, they, they happen. And truth be told, we're probably dealing with more of it in our church community than we let on to. We may be dealing with more of it than we really uh, uh, admit to. But how dare we go to a church and announce that this is in our family. And I'm the deacon. 
I'm the mother. I'm the preacher. And I have to let it become public. What do I do when it becomes public that my son or daughter is in a homosexual relationship? Hmm. You know, quite honestly, that really should not be, that really should not be that difficult of a question to answer. Now, accepting the implications of your answer, that's another thing. But it shouldn't be difficult to answer. They're my son. They're my daughter. And I know somebody's probably saying, well, that's easy for you, Hodges. You haven't been through it. Maybe you don't know. <laughs> no, I have not been through it. But I know the word of God. I know the nature of God. I know the character of God. If there were ever just cause to cast anybody away, God has had more than ample, more than just cause to cast me away. And he has never cast me away. He has never kicked me to the curb. And that's a lesson in God's patience. That's a lesson in God's forbearance. A lesson in God's long-suffering. A lesson in God's grace and mercy. Indeed, it is a lesson in God's love. And if we're going to be Christians, we have to represent, represent God's character and God's nature in the world. Oh, yes, we got to come back to this next week. We got to come back to this next week. But same-sex attractions are real. Now, some people can have a same-sex attraction without same-sex behavior. A same-sex attraction is just what it says. You're attracted. Someone is attracted to members of the same sex. Romantically, sexually attracted to members of the same sex. Same-sex behavior is a little bit different. Uh, that's actually engaging in sexual activity with a member of the same sex. So same-sex attraction is a man attracted to a man, a woman attracted to a woman. But same-sex behavior is a man having sexual relations in engaging in sexual activity with a man. A woman having sexual relations or engaging in sexual activity with a woman. So same-sex attraction is a little bit different from same-sex uh, same behavior. And this is a really hot topic. I'm taking this up now because this is... This is taking up a lot of time. This is taking up a lot of space in our culture. Now, I truly thank God that we're not like some Southwest Asian cultures, like Saudi Arabia and a couple of other cultures, where they're going to kill you. They're going to put you to death. They're going to issue you, award you the life sentence. Or they're going to award you the death sentence for homosexual behavior. And many people, many people hold to the biblical view, or many people claim it that it's the biblical view that homosexuality is a perversion, that uh, it's perverting God's design for sex, God's design for the man and the woman. Again, I'm not going to browbeat you with scriptures. I'm not going to do that. Your mind is already made up about that. That's not the purpose of this presentation. The purpose of this presentation is to help you negotiate it. To help you negotiate it. 
some people argue that homosexuality, you have no choice in it. You're born this way. Some people argue that it's a choice. No matter which side of the coin you come down on, no matter which side of the fence you come down on, mom and dad, you're still going to have a son or a daughter that needs you. You're still going to have a son or a daughter that needs you. And, and I think that, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to stop right there. I'm not going to go any further in this. We're going to pick this up next week. We will pick this up next week. But uh, I'm not going to go any further than that right now. I want to make this point right here. Mom and dad, if your son or your daughter, and the younger they are when they make a decision on, on, on their sexuality, the more they're going to need you. The more they're going to need you. So here's the point I'm making today. Mom, daughter, mom dad, mom, dad, listen to me, please. When your son and your daughter decides that they're going to be homosexual, they are going to need you. And you're going to have to decide who you're going to be. You're going to have to decide how much of a Christian you really are. How much of God do you really believe? How much faith do you really have? And ask yourself, if God can love me through all of my stuff, if God can love me through all of my decisions, why can't I love my son and my daughter through theirs? My goodness, listen, I'm all out of time. I'm all out of time here. You have been listening to Marriage and Family Clinic. Our mission is to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. And I really believe, I honestly believe that that's going to, if we help you identify what makes you tick, then ultimately we can help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and your family relationships. We want to bring some folks, help some folks come out of the dark, the darkness of, of dysfunctional relationships. Now, you can always listen to this or any other episode on my podcast. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. You can find us there. This is Marriage and Family Clinic. I want to leave you with this, like I say, always. You can't have peace without surrendering your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.